Um, we want to talk about uh, American financing. Have you called them yet? What is wrong with you? Why haven't you called them? <laughs> I am not going to listen. I'm going to try the thing that my wife always does. I am not going to listen to your whining about not having enough money until you make that phone call. <laughs> uh, right now, if you, uh, if you have a mortgage that is over 3%, 4%, you have credit cards. How much? It seems you- like they're going up too. I mean, you're you're running out of time. I feel like to to revisit these mortgages. Well, actually, the banks are getting it cheaper, but you are going to get it more and more expensive. Mm. The banks will just make more money. Great. Uh, yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> credit card debt. If you have credit card debt, please just consider a consolidation loan. It's American Financing at eight hundred nine zero six twenty four forty. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Go there now. All right, 15 seconds for the national program, and uh, we got a lot to talk about today. Come one, come all. We're giving out free hotel rooms. Are you a Mexican citizen and would like to be an American citizen? Are you maybe in Honduras and kind of sad? Come on. We've got color TV and air conditioned rooms ready and waiting for you. We talk about the border in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. So Katie lives in Pennsylvania. She was suffering uh, for the longest time from shoulder pain. It was wrecking her life. Everything she tried to combat the pain either didn't work or left her with side effects that were as bad or worse than having the pain in the first place. She didn't know where else to turn. Fortunately, Katie listens to this handsome man on radio an awful lot. Yes, that's right. And she, I, I don't think it was me. Uh, she was listening to my program and she heard me talking about relief factor. She decided to give it a shot. And um, and guess what? I mean, you know, the end of this story. After only a few weeks of beginning to take relief factor, she felt the pain begin to melt away. The best part, no side effects. Katie got her life back. And so can you relief factor. It is not a drug developed by doctors and 70% of the people who try relief factor go on to buy more because it works for them. Try the three week quick start trial pack for only 1995. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-583-84. 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. Okay. Uh, I want to start with a, uh, I'm going to start with a song. That uh, Nick Daly and I are, we're working on a few of these songs. I think it's important that we do some things and teach some principles, et cetera, et cetera, in different ways and be more culturally relevant. It's why I'm painting a, the series that I'm painting right now of, uh, of heroes and, uh, and why we're doing songs like this. And it, my hope is that they will... Uh, be able to 
teach some things while also uh, infiltrating even in a little bit of our culture. This one is uh, was done by Nick. I, I was inspired by this guy in France. Uh, his name is Wax Taylor. And uh, in listening to his music, it's just genius stuff. And he takes cultural sounds and uh, messages and mixes them into songs. This one we've done, and it's about empowerment. There's so many complaining political speeches. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. Now look. I'm going to talk about us, the average guys, the John Doe's. He's the man the ads are written for. That's right. And it's because of the slimy politics that we have all this unemployment here. Signed a disgusted American citizen. Well, well. Look at that face. It's wonderful. They'll believe him. Let's see what you look like when you protest. Against what? Against anything. Just protest. What are you after? I mean... Money. Money. What do you want? A journalistic career? Money. Money. I've seen everything now. The free people can beat the world at anything, from war to tiddlywinks, if we all pull in the same direction. You better start right now. Don't wait till the game is called on account of practice. Wait, wait, wake up, John Doe. You're the hope of the world. All right, John Doe, let's go south of the border, shall we? Yes. Here we are in the great state of Texas, where we're just, we've, we're meeting new friends, making new friends with new neighbors, our hotel rooms being purchased by ICE. It's wonderful. You know, I always thought ICE. I mean, when you get to a hotel, what does somebody say? Who's going to go get ICE, right? Now they're out buying hotel rooms. 
They're renting them, uh, and and they're also building really nice places at $70,000 a bed. If you look at how much this is costing us now to build these new new camps, $70,000 a bed for the kids that are coming across the border. Arriba, right? You bet. Um, $70,000. Let's see. Hang on just a second. $70,000 per illegal. Um, did you get that for the COVID thing? The check it all uh, 70 grand. Uh, you lost your business. You lost your job. Did you get $70,000? Cause I, I, I didn't, I didn't get that. Now I'm an evil conservative and <laughs> I make money. Which I didn't earn, by the way. No, but fourteen hundred dollars are on the way. That's fourteen. Well, not to me. Not to you, but yeah. But to people, to people who who deserve it, fourteen hundred dollars, or which is almost seventy thousand. I mean, if you think about the difference there, they're both above zero, right? <laughs> both under a hundred grand. Both under a hundred grand. Right. So, I mean, so it's basically it's the same. Basically the same thing. You're right. Now, uh, Nancy Pelosi wants you to know that it is completely under control. She says the border situation is under control. In fact, uh, Omar, uh, Eli, uh, Ilian Omar, which uh, Elon was, wasn't she part of the AOC entourage down at the border last time? When she was talking about how horrible these things were, uh, AOC, of course, was saying that this was like Nazi Germany. Literal concentration camps. <laughs> Why do you say it like that? I don't know. That's how she says it. Really? She says they're like literal concentration camps. Uh, <laughs> okay. So here is Elon Omar. Listen. There are growing complaints about the Biden administration restricting stop, media access stop, stop. to the border. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. I mean, we have rare opportunity to use it, so. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. Ilan Omar. All right. Now we can hear Ilan Omar. There are growing complaints about the Biden administration restricting media access to the border. Are you among those who are concerned about that? It is it is very concerning again that you know we're we're not centering this conversation around what's actually taking place, um, where these kids are coming from, what situations they're fleeing, no, we were, what their conditions are right we now at the border. Uh, this conversation um, around the hysteria that is happening with the Republicans right now uh, is centered around you know the, gaining political points. It's not about the safety um, of of Americans. It's not this. It's not about adhering to international law yeah. and allowing people to seek asylum. It's not right. about coming to the table and working with us um, in, in regards to immigration what? policy. Um, because if any of those things were true, you would hear hysteria from them in regards to the northern border. Uh-huh. You would hear hysteria from them around you know, folks who become undocumented because they overstay their visas. Right. We, uh, and we, so it shows you really that this this conversation it's about maligning um and you know i, I think uh, creating it, a torturous space uh, uh, that often becomes dangerous um and, and violent well it, a torturous space i mean some of these hotel rooms don't have color tv i'm i just i want you to know uh,
Oh, man. They have pools, though, right? Some of them do. Some of them. Hot tubs? Is there a hot tub situation? I wouldn't use it. Do we have spa jets? No, I I didn't (laughs) say I would use it. I wouldn't use it. Uh, Hmm. You never know. You never know. Uh, But uh, the border situation is under control. Now, you know, there is also some crazy people, uh, you know, like the Texas Department of Public Safety. Uh, that is deployed down at the border. Uh, they pulled over an adult man and a 14-year-old girl in Starr County discovered the man was a fugitive wanted by law enforcement for sexual assault. But they had just come over the border illegally. Now, <laughs> you're going to think uh, the girl, because she wasn't related to him, uh, it was likely that they paired up to cross the border uh, together and, uh, and, you know, and he was going to abuse her. But that's just your whiteness talking there. Okay, it is. Yeah, it's just mm. your whiteness. Uh, so she was fourteen, and you know he wasn't fourteen, and uh, you know he has he he has a record of assaulting uh, girls sexually. That doesn't mean that he was. He has learned his lesson because he was kicked out of this country once, and now he just wants to come back, and he's just trying to help. You know, this 14-year-old girl across the border. That's all that's happening there. That's nice. Yeah. So uh, don't believe all the stuff that you're reading about, that it's not under control. Because it is. It is. Uh, by the way, uh, looks like smugglers uh, are embedding criminals in the families to cross the borders as well. You know, it's a, another crazy story. And please don't believe any of this. Um, there's another crazy story out there that... Uh, these children, you know, because it's six thousand dollars, it could be up to twenty thousand dollars. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a you know a struggling family in Mexico. You know, six thousand dollars is a lot of money. I mean, that's probably you know two days in Disney World. Um, six thousand dollars is a lot of money for people here in America to cough up. So where are all of these people that are dirt poor coming up with six thousand dollars? I mean, is it that bad that they they're fleeing and they and they have six thousand dollars in cash just to I'm going to take it out of the bank. I don't want to do this, but I'm going to take it out of the bank. Where are these people getting six thousand U.S. dollars? Now, some would say, but again, it's like, you know, police. Can you trust the police anymore? Uh, They're actually saying that. these drug cartels are holding the families hostage uh, or making them promise and they will pay up kind of like the Italian mob did in the early 1900s that, yeah, we'll help you get to America, but then you're going to owe us a favor. And this is expanding the drug cartels influence here in America. But don't worry. As Alana Mar said, we, we're not talking about the real issue, where these kids are coming from. You know, let's just all assume they have anywhere from two, four, six, up to $20,000 that they can, the families can just cough up because they're looking for a better life here in America where they can, wow, they're looking for a better life where they can make it here because they can't make it there, but they've got $6,000 in U.S. cash. Wow. Seems like there's some inconsistencies to this narrative. Seems like there might be something there that. uh, 
Is there any point, too, we can start noting the incredible incompetence of the Biden administration who came in and changed all these rules without any plan whatsoever as to what would happen when they changed these rules? When Do they you came- really think this isn't the plan? I, I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't, they're agents of chaos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, the plan might be, and I, th- I would agree with this, that they want to have uh, a, a situation where these illegal immigrants are getting across the border and becoming citizens in the long term. I don't know that they necessarily want this hassle because the, even the media, as we talked about before we came on the air, there are scattered showers of journalism all over the place right now. Uh, yeah. And uh, like, can we check on? Uh, we're going to go to the weather forecast with journalists <laughs> here in just a second. Give me a... And now, scattered showers of journalism. <laughs> yes, now that's coming up in just a second. We'll go to Stu, our weather guy, uh, in just a second. First, let me tell you about the good old days where someone wanted all your money. They just shot you and took your wallet. Ah, life was simpler back then. These days, the bad guy will give you a Mai Tai or three. And put them in you, and the next thing you know, you own a timeshare. <laughs> is that not is that not great? Now, not only are you almost certainly not using it during the pandemic, but you probably weren't using it much to begin with, but you are paying for it. Isn't it time to end the madness? There is a legal way to end it. Timeshare termination team can get you out both effectively and legally, 100% guaranteed, or your money back. I want you to call timeshare termination team. Get the process started. Don't keep putting it off. Get stuck with another year of timeshare you're not going to use. And if you use my name, Beck, they will give you 20% off when you terminate your timeshare. So make sure you tell them that I sent you. It's 888-GET-YOU-OUT. 888-GET-YOU-OUT. Or visit them online at timeshareterminationteam.com. Timeshareterminationteam.com. Have the peace of mind with Timeshare Termination Team's 100% money-back exit guarantee. Learn more online right now at timeshareterminationteam.com. 10 seconds, station ID. Uh, take a look at the weather now with uh, meteorologist <laughs> Stu McGear. Hi, Stu. Here we saw a stunning development in the storm uh, front on the uh, on the Cuomo side of the map here recently, yes. uh, which has yes. been very shocking to me personally. Yes. Yes. It took a long time to develop. Yeah, but there is a lot of high pressure from the left yes. uh, on that one. Yes, which, a lot of high pressure. Yeah, a lot true. of high pressure. And you're seeing some of that as well here. However, I've noticed over the past week or so... Mm-hmm. Incredible increases in the amount of journalism falling from the skies on the border area of this country, which is shocking to me. I'd have to see it to believe it. Let me give you an example of this. This is from ABC News. Martha Raddatz, uh, they're like their lead foreign affairs uh, correspondent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here she is on their podcast this morning. After hearing Republicans complain about Joe Biden and how did this happen and some Democrats complain about how did this happen. So did you come here because Joe Biden was elected president? Basically. 
basically. People who I spoke to said quite clearly they came because they thought Joe Biden was opening up the borders and welcoming them. Biden promised that we can cross with, with minors. Would you have tried to do this when Donald Trump was president? Definitely not. Specifically, they said they wouldn't have come if Donald Trump was still president. Huh. So the Biden administration really has a problem on its hands. Yeah, I, I agree. So give me the I, I got to have you've got to give me the New York Times music here for just a second. Because I have to ask uh, our meteorologist a few questions on this one. Um, do you think that these journalists are... I think these journalists have actually seen the light, or is there something else going on? Perhaps global warming. That's a great point. I hadn't thought about that. Yes, it's global warming. It's, That's global it. it's warming? definitely yeah. global okay. warming. Yeah, thank you so All right. much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Michael Bavaro. Thank you. That's uh, a pretty incredible uh, report, and this is they're not alone at ABC. I mean, a lot of these places are telling the same story, which I think, honestly, is it's just a sign of really high levels of incompetence. There's no reason they have such a favorable treatment from the media. There's no reason to get stuck into a controversy. If you're Joe Biden, you come in there and you do even a moderately OK job and they're going to say you are God. But I don't think Joe Biden. I mean, could we play the walking up the stairs thing? I mean, I don't think Joe Biden is in control. I really don't. I don't think I think Bill O'Reilly is Right. I mean, this is really sad. This is okay. There's one. There's two. There's three. He's on the ground. He's pushing his life <laughs> alert button there. And uh, it's sad. Um, yes. I don't think that that he's he knows even what's going on really in the border. And I don't think that he is on the day to day details. I oh, think uh, I think radicals are in charge of that. And that's the you could argue that's what happened here, right? Like they came in and changed all of these rules on day one. I mean, Biden signed all the stuff, but, uh, you know, they <laughs> whatever. I mean, he campaigned on it, though. Forget it. Forget it. any. I'm not going to give him a pass because he falls downstairs. And this is complete incompetence and he deserves to pay the, the political price oh, for it. Oh, I oh, I agree with you 100 percent. Just remember, on the other side of that door. Carol Merrill's here to oh, yeah. tell you all about it. No. It's <laughs> President Harris. Yeah, no, he, I want Joe Biden to remain I president. want him to be alive and healthy and president. We are rooting for you. We are rooting. We are pulling for you, brother. <laughs> Stay we are, in power. We are pulling for President Biden. Back in just a second. <laughs> So let me tell you something that I like to tell my kids when I like to get my groove on and I really want to jam. Oh, it drives them crazy. This is so great. I do this to them all the time, <laughs> usually in public around their friends. Hey, kids. Well, dad's going to get his groove on. <laughs> I'm uh, popping in my Raycon wireless earbuds. They fit really well into my ears. <laughs> I can... I can uh, hear what I'm listening to, you know, all the hair in my ears because I'm an old man, but I'm not because I'm jamming. 
Mm. Uh, here's the thing. And they, they like that. Oh, they it's the greatest punishment ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go take you out in, in a pack of your friends at school, and I'm going to pick you up, and I'm going to dress with white socks and shorts, and I'm going to talk like this. Hey, kids. Raycon. They are great. Even the kids don't like me talking like this, but they do love my Raycons. I do, too. Raycon offering 15% off all their products. They're already half the price of Apple, and they are great. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. Go there now. Buyraycon.com slash Beck. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You get 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Act now. Oh my! I I have to apologize immediately. Uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, could we please play the uh, CNN interview with uh, Linda Sanchez, uh, Congressman Linda Sanchez, over the weekend? On uh, I don't necessarily think that it's appropriate for journalists to be inside um, centers that are that are are not permanent places places for children, that children are not placed there permanently. They're processed out of um, those facilities as quickly as possible Mm -hmm. and as quickly as the facilities will allow. Mm So uh, some of them are being held there longer than they're legally supposed to be. Um, they are doing we'll, we'll the best have that you... they can under COVID protocols. If, if it were okay. not a pandemic, I would totally understand. I feel really, um, I feel really bad because in the first half hour, we talked about, you know, journalists and uh, and some journalists that are <laughs> saying, we should be allowed in to take pictures, you know, because mm-hmm. that's happened with every uh, president, uh, you know. Uh, in fact, do we have the photojournalist that uh, says that he has tried to uh, get in with every single president? Uh, every single president has allowed him to photograph U.S. Customs and Border Protection operations Except for Joe Biden. He is from Getty, the image special correspondent. His name is John Moore. And uh, he's he's speaking out now because uh, Joe Biden isn't letting anyone in. And I thought this was a transparent. Uh, maybe when he fell down, he bumped his head and he forgot about that. Oh, see, there's another joke. Mm-hmm. Do we have the audio of the of the. The guy on MSNBC saying, you know, don't joke about that thing because that that's I got to apologize again. My gosh. Guy on NBC this weekend, MSNBC said uh, joking about the president falling down the stairs could lead to assassinations. And uh, so bizarre. What do you mean? Well, that's clearly a logical step. Is it clearly? You joke about the president falling, mm-hmm. okay? And the next thing, boom, he's dead from an assassin's bullet. <laughs> it's not usually the way it happens. I will say, too. Uh, would... Gerald Ford fell down the stairs Saturday Night Live, always making fun of him. <laughs> true. Squeaky from. Thank you very much. Good night. I Mic don't... drop. No, I, that's none, none of that's rational in any way. Uh, I, <laughs> it's, when does that matter? No, it's true. I mean, look what they did with Trump. I mean, I know there's a, a Drew Holden had a great thread of all the things they said about Trump. Think piece after think piece after think piece about how we have to absolutely 
absolutely take it seriously that he could only he had that issue where he had to use his other hand to help himself take a drink of water and he looked like he was walking very gingerly Mm -hmm. uh, down the ramp Mm -hmm. and that was that is important we must focus on it no it sounds like it's nothing but we must change that we must focus on it because it is serious you know every single media organization said that back in the in the day and now you know you're not even supposed to ask a question about it or have a little it chuckle. was a sad it was a sad fall i, I mean this is you're it, it watching them yeah you're watching somebody who is clearly clearly should not be in this position uh you're watching them just deteriorate in front of your eyes and uh, does the family not care does does no one care is this the way this guy is going to go out Really? You're going to have him remembered this way? It's just so obscene. So obscene. But they, you know, they don't they don't care about the truth anymore. Have you seen the uh, journalist from I think it's the Atlantic? So here's the latest on the Asian uh attacks from apparently the right. The Asian attacks are going on. There was somebody else that was uh, there was somebody else that was attacked. It was horrible, horrible. Sixty eight year old man, Asian, punched in the face uh, uh, at the stop of the uh, one train in New York. He's in critical condition. Now, we have the attacker on tape doing it. We know who it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it, it, I mean, just a really bad guy, black. Here's what the reporter from the Atlantic tweeted. Now, remember, we're crazy conspiracy theorists to say Joe Biden and his son are corrupt. That's a crazy conspiracy. Tariq Nasheed just tweeted, many people believe that the NYPD is orchestrating these random attacks on Asians using black people who are paid assets. I'm not sure how true this theory is, but when suspects dressed like black black exploitation characters using jive turkey 70s dialogue like this, it does seem questionable. Mm. Really? Alex Jones wouldn't even go there. Alex Jones wouldn't say, what are you saying? He's saying this is a false flag. That's what got Alex Jones thrown out of society and the most dangerous man of all because he was saying false flag. This guy is not only claiming false flag. He's saying the cops are paying black people. And the only reason why you can tell this is because it's obvious a white man dressed him. What? Yeah, that's that's a fascinating theory, especially because going back a long time, Department of Justice records show that the most common attacker of an Asian person is an African-American, despite being one fifth the population of white people. uh, That is the most and not an Asian people uh, are tied with white people for how many people attack Asian people. So, again, this idea that there is some sort of bizarre epidemic of, of violence against Asian Americans by white supremacists is not shown really anywhere in the data. I mean, it doesn't seem to be. Well, only- do you need it? You have the vice president now of the San Francisco School Board. 
mm-hmm. uh, talking about what's really going on with Asians. Now, of course, oh. this woman is very conservative, being the vice president of the school board in San Francisco. Uh, she has uh, said uh, many Asian students and teachers I know won't engage in critical race conversations unless they see how they are impacted by white supremacy. Mm. She says, I grew up in a mostly Asian-American school, and I know this experience all too well. Many Asian-Americans believe they benefit from the model minority BS. In fact, many Asian-Americans, teachers, students, and parents, actively promote these myths. They use white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. Talk to many Lowell High School parents, and you'll hear praise of tiger moms and disparagement of black and brown culture. Where are the vocal Asians speaking out against Trump? Don't Asian Americans know that they're on his list as well? Do they think they won't be deported, beaten? Being a house N-word is still being an N-word. You're still considered the help. Oh. People, I... They are just these activists are just so crazy. No, no, no. no, she's a vice president of the school board in San Francisco. What what makes you say she's an activist? <laughs> she sounds like one. Really? Sounds like an activist. No, she's just trying to help all the students. This just obsession with with skin color is remarkable. You only hear this. I only hear this from white nationalists. This level of obsession. You know, you you and. You go. I guess you go to a white nationalist conference, you might see this sort of obsession with, with the color of skin. But this is what we're getting from so many who are in control of the lives of your children. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of like people, we've heard a lot from people in California, and a lot of them have been saying, hey, open up those schools. Do you, do you know what you're asking for here? <laughs> Maybe this is the best year of your kid's life. Maybe uh, your kid being taught by you or someone uh, near near you uh, in a group uh, sort of maybe setting even just maybe being better. taught by Netflix, you know, and <laughs> no Star Wars movies might be even better than this. <laughs> by the way, uh, the Recall San Francisco School Board campaign, uh, the ones that found these tweets, she said, I am not going to even address tweets that were written five years ago. Oh, I know. Oh, that's yeah. That's five years ago is so long. Since when is that a no go zone for the left? So they released this. They are these are liberals in San Francisco that are banding together and saying enough of this. By the way, she represents schools. The school that she's talking about and the school that she's overseeing the schools is a mainly Asian area. And she's calling them white supremacists or using white supremacist philosophies, which is do good in school. Do work hard. Be a model student. Be a model citizen. A what? Model for what? Whites. That's what kind of model. Exactly right. That is really the the philosophy behind the anti-racism stuff, the white fragility stuff, is that these characteristics that we've all always looked at and said were positive and it was my understanding it was across all societies things like showing up on time working hard oh wait until i show you wait until next hour oh i've got something that's being taught now in businesses that you won't believe well i mean you will 
but it's it's all that. Mm. It's all that. Wait until it'll it'll boggle oh, your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, could I just leave this segment with uh, some common sense from Bill Maher? <laughs> Listen to what he is saying on segregation and who's to blame. We seem to be entering an era of of resegregation that's coming from the left. Mm-hmm. I mean, on many college campuses, you can have there are separate dorms, mm-hmm. separate black dorms graduation ceremonies, stuff like that. How will that affect elections in the future? You know, I, I think uh, there's, there's a lot of, there was a great study in North Carolina that showed that, you know, racially integrated schools make people more, more liberal. Uh, but, you know, I, I think just to go back, I, I think that the important thing is to just realize that most non-white voters uh, are not liberal. Uh, they don't identify as liberal. We should take that really seriously. Uh, and I think that when it uh, like realizing that most voters don't share our values means that we should instead try to meet people where they are with the values that they actually hold and that we should talk to them about issues that they care about. Uh, that's uh, one of the, you know, brainiacs from the Center for American Progress. Uh, one last clip from Bill Maher. I, I never thought I would live in an era. I remember watching movies about the 50s and the blacklist era when people would whisper that you were a communist and all it took was somebody informing on you and saying, oh, they saw you at a rally or at some peace march and you were branded and your career was over or you were on the blacklist. People go to parties now and they like, they don't want to talk. They're like, can I talk? I don't know your girlfriend. She might be woke. (laughs) Really, I'm not making this up. People, this informant thing, this it's not just what you do, it's what you don't report. That's another way the goalpost moved. I was mm-hmm. reading about this guy, Winston Marshall, the banjo player in Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I remember when they were a thing yeah. for about the time it took to take a p- <laughs> This guy tweeted out that he liked a book. It's a book called Unmasked. I never heard of it. You never heard of it. It's apparently not favorable to Antifa, so it's criticizing Antifa. Okay, people write books. He tweeted out, finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man, to the author. Now he has to step away. Everyone's always stepping away from the band. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, And this is his apology. Again, so Soviet. Over the past few days, I have come to better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. What? Would you hit somebody over the head with it? (laughs) I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. What a bunch of they must be. And for that, I am truly sorry. It's so Stalin-esque. It's so, you know what? Right, How about I can just... read what I want? I'm a musician. Don't well, worry. Wait, it won't happen again. Hope... Jeez. Uh, hopefully, people are starting to wake up to how Soviet we are becoming. Um, if you're one of the people who are desperately trying to get out of one of the cities, you know, uh, have you had an Andrew Cuomo or a Gavin Newsom type breathing down your neck over the past year? You finally had enough of it. It wouldn't surprise me. Uh, it's going to be hard to sell your house. People are leaving those left-leaning cities in droves looking for better places in the United States to settle down. And if you're one of them, I've got really good news for you. 
Real estate business is really serious. When I founded Real Estate Agents I Trust, I wanted to be able to easily access the most serious agents. What he was just saying is really important. What Bill Maher was just saying is, yeah, I don't know. Can I trust? You have to have trust with your real estate agent. And these are people that we have vetted. And I can't say that we all vote the same way, but we all are looking at the same kinds of things. Hard work, honesty, integrity. We have the same principles. And you need somebody that you can be open with and trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. They're the people that are going to help you get out of your current house and into the right house for the right amount of money. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. The Glenn Beck Program. I am going to share with you a very, very, very controversial bill. And uh, you won't understand why it's controversial. Up in the state of New Hampshire, um, we're going to tell you about uh, a state bill and an act that is going through the Senate and the House of Representatives. um, And it is the Propagation of Divisive Concepts Prohibited Bill. They're trying to... uh, They're trying to stop the teaching of divisive concepts. Now, right now, you're probably thinking, oh, geez, what are they defining divisive concepts as? George Washington crossed the Delaware. Uh, Well, wait until you hear. And we've got a couple of a couple of people who are deeply involved in this. And the news is it's not going to pass. Wait until you hear this bill next. This is the Glenn Beck program. By the way, I just want to talk about Built Bar, which is a reminder it's time for my snack. Um, <laughs> Built Bar. Uh, this is the uh, coconut brownie chunk, which I'm just saying, delicious. It's one of your favorite ones, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Uh, I really like the other one. I had one, they're making it like with marshmallow, and I That's swear the puffs. to. I was telling you about that. Just don't even listen to the things I say on the show. I've been telling you about puffs for like two weeks. So good. So good. It tastes like a kind of a Charleston Chewish sort yeah, of vibe, right? Yeah, I think better. I don't like Charleston Chew. Mm. I thought it was better. But anyway, mm. um, Built Bar. You can get them now 15% off with your uh, with your next order at BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code BECK15 uh, and you will save 15%. Look at that. I mean, you could see the little bumps. Those are the brownie chunks in it. And it's like 110 calories and really good for you. I mean, I don't understand how they... It's witchcraft. At BuiltBar.com, use the promo code BECK15 to save now. I'm going to end now because I'm going to eat this before. The radio show begins. There is a revolt against critical race theory. 
Oklahoma Republicans have a bill out that would ban critical race theory. West Virginia is doing the same thing. Chinese American organization is uh, is denouncing critical race. What's what's happening? Iowa State Legislature has introduced a bill to ban critical race theory programs. There is one bill that is being considered now. It's called the Propagation of Divisive Concepts Prohibited Bill. Wait until you hear this. And they're saying, well, I'll let you know. Is it going to pass or not? Two people that are really intertwined in this and know all about this particular bill and the bill itself in 60 seconds. Stand by. The Glenn Beck Program. So George lives in Oregon. He drives a garbage truck 10 hours a day and with very limited movement for his right knee. Needless to say, his knee situation turned over time from just discomfort to stiffness and pain due to swelling. He has tried so many different things to remedy the pain, but none of them work. And he drives for a living, so it's not like... Are you, are you, don't take this while you're operating heavy machinery. I think a garbage truck fits into that. Well, he heard me talk about uh, Relief Factor on the radio, decided he'd give it a try. Fortune favors the bold. And uh, it certainly fav- uh, favored George in this case. Within a few days of starting to take it, he noticed that the pain was starting to go away. He got his life back. So can you. Relief Factor. Just try it. It's not a drug developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try their three-week quick start go on to order more. Why would you do that unless it works? You should know if it's going to work for you in the first three weeks. Just try it. ReliefFactor.com. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's ReliefFactor.com. All right. I, I've got to go over this bill before we introduce you to a couple of people. Um, the propagation of divisive concepts prohibited. The definitions. Contractor means any and all persons, individuals, corporations, uh, businesses of any kind that are in any manner entered into a contract, perform a subcontract pursuant to a contract with the state of New Hampshire. Divisive concept means the concept that a one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. Think how far we've gone. B, the state of New Hampshire, the United States is fundamentally racist or sexist. C, an individual by virtue of his race or sex is inherently racist, sexist or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. D, an individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment solely or partly because his or her race or sex. E, members of one race or sex cannot and should not attempt to treat others without respect to race or sex. F, an individual's moral character is necessarily determined by his race or sex. G, an individual by virtue of his race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. Uh, H, any individual should feel discomfort, guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his or her race or sex. Or I, meritocracy or traits such as hard work ethic are racist or sexist or were created by a particular race to oppose another race. I could have read this to you 10 years ago and said, we're going to have to start passing bills like this and they're going to be hard to pass. 10 years from now, and you wouldn't have believed me. 
it's hard to believe right now. It, uh, re- I mean, what is part? What? Where is the controversial part of that? The the one part that they push back on occasionally on these things is, and I believe this is a correct criticism that you can't really have affirmative action without these sorts of when you have these in place you can't really have affirmative action now as a person who opposes affirmative action i'm totally fine with that but like california ran into some of this when they had laws that really made it seem like you're not supposed to treat people differently because of their skin color which is obviously supposedly universal concept but we want to do all these affirmative action programs so we can't have this in place but i believe it was d of of the of what you just read that said no adverse Uh, Can you read the wording of that one again? Yeah, D is an individual should be, if they're teaching, that any individual should be discriminated against or receive adverse treatment Mm -hmm. solely or partly because of his race or sex. So that's even keeping it open to positive treatment because of your your sex or your race. It's okay, essentially, to have affirmative action. It's not trying to take that issue on. So I'd like to know, well, first, uh, Carlin uh, Borisenko, an organizational psychologist uh, and a friend of the program. Doctor, how are you? I'm doing well, Glenn. How are you? Okay. When I say doctor, you're supposed to say doctor. Oh, I'm a, sorry. Doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you're involved in this New Hampshire bill, HB 544. You're promoting it. Um, you know, on your uh, website at YouTube and you've uh, looked into it. Uh, How is this controversial? You know, I I really don't know. I've been working with state lawmakers over the last month or so. There's been uh, testimony in the House of Representatives over this bill, and it it really is something that shouldn't be controversial. But of course, the Democrats in the state of New Hampshire are pushing back on it very strongly. The first message, they've gone through several different messages at this point. The first one is that they said this bill was racist. Now, given the definitions you just read, I don't know how anyone can reasonably argue that. The second one that they tried is this bill is transphobic, which makes no sense since trans people are not mentioned in the bill at At all. all. At all. But the third one, and this is the one that seems to be sticking, is that they're saying that this bill infringes on free speech, which... (laughs) Oh, oh my. uh, The irony there. Oh, my gosh. I know. And and the fact of the matter is that this is the talking point that has stuck with some Republicans in my state, including my Republican governor, Chris Sununu, who is now listening to this Democratic talking point rather than listening to the Republicans in the House that are trying to pass this bill and to the voters who elected him. That is unbelievable. So what are are Democrats on in lockstep on this or are there some Democrats you know, like Bill Maher was over the weekend saying this is this this has got to stop. No, I mean, the Democrats are pretty much in lockstep. There might be one that might defect our way. But no, they're they're pretty much in alignment on this one. But what are the people that you know that are on the left? The, not, not the politicians, the people that you know. Are they against this? You know, they I think that they've actually started to convince themselves that a concept like one race is not superior to another race is actually a racist concept. I really think that they have bought into this ideology. I don't understand oh it. I mean, the, the reading of the bill, just the plain language that you just read is very, very clear in what you can and cannot teach. And for me, this is what I was taught growing up, that you don't treat people differently because of their race or sex. It's just this is common sense. This is all common sense this is all what we've been striving for 
had we done this at the beginning of the uh, the uh, the country, you wouldn't have had slavery. You wouldn't have had all the problems that we have right now. How how is this how is this bill bad? It re- if this bill can't get passed, you reverse everything the civil rights movement tried to teach all of us. That's exactly right, Glenn. And a lot of people in New Hampshire think that this bill isn't needed in New Hampshire. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, this this training is happening all over the place. It's happened at the University of New Hampshire. We just found out last week that the school districts in Manchester, New Hampshire, the largest school district, I believe, in the state, has done anti-whiteness training. It's happening in the Bedford schools. It's happening in the Concord schools. It's happening at Southern New Hampshire University. It's happening all over the place, right in front of people. And they still are convinced that something like this isn't necessary. Well, you are somebody that goes into organizations. You're you're somebody who goes into to corporations and tries to help make those corporations better. Uh, yeah, I bet your business isn't going well, seeing that you won't be involved with critical race theory and are standing against it. But you know that businesses are having to do these. They're they're doing them all over the country. That, well, that's exactly right. And they're being forced into a position of doing them by their HR team and by their employees. And, you know, I'll tell you what, is my is my training business going well? Not exactly, because, as you said, I refuse to pander to this ideology. But I'll tell you what is going well is my coaching business, where I'm coaching executives through exactly how to deal with this in their organizations, because executives don't want to do it. And they feel like they're being forced into a position of needing to uh, based on what their employees are so asking of them. How do you do it quickly? Because I've got to run. But how do you how does an executive do it? Well, I would look at an executive like Coinbase's CEO that says that this is not a part of our business. We're going to be focusing on our core business initiatives. And if you don't like it, here's a nice severance package and you can leave. And when Coinbase's CEO did that, only 5% of their employees took that severance package. And so that's, that is a, a fair price for to get toxic employees out of your organization that are only going to drag your organization down. That is the best strategy wow. I've seen so far. Really good. Thank you very much. Carlin Borisenko, um, we'll uh, talk to you again in a second. I want to talk to somebody who's actually in the state house and is fighting for this bill and what is it, what it's up against. We'll do that in one minute. First, let me tell you about Patriot Mobile. How long have you had your current mobile service? If you're one of those people that bounce around, you know, to get the seemingly best deal, uh, you know, and the good deal, one carrier to the next, you're still paying through the nose no matter what you're doing. If you're somebody who is very loyal and you've been with that company for a long time, you're still paying through the noise, the nose. But if you're with one of the big um, uh, carriers, you probably are also helping finance Planned Parenthood, things that are against the Second Amendment, uh, things that are that are propagating critical race theory. What are you doing? These companies are pushing this stuff and they are financing with some of the profits they get from you. Now, if that's what they want to do, great. But I don't want to help them do that. Right now, you can switch to PatriotMobile.com slash back. Imagine the impact because we don't ever do these things as conservatives. Imagine the impact if everyone in the sound of my voice decided they were going to switch to Patriot Mobile. I think the big carriers might hear your voice. Get free premier activation where they set up the phone for you. You get a special gift with the offer code Beck. It's the same service, lower price, and the values you believe in. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Beck. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Beck or call 972-PATRIOT. 10 seconds, station ID. 
Keith Ammon is with us. He is a Republican, the New Hampshire state representative. Uh, and uh, he's talking about a HB 544. He is one of the sponsors on that. Keith, when you were putting this together, did you think you'd have a hard time getting this through? And uh, we, we knew this would be controversial. Uh, part of your job as a legislature, uh, as a member of the legislature, is to be a lightning rod for discussions like this, uh, in my opinion. So, you know, we knew it would be controversial, uh, and it's gotten more timely. We filed the bill back in November. Um, I think we were the first state to do it. And our process is just now uh, working its way through to handle this bill. And it's gotten more uh, topical as time has gone on. So tell me about the argument on free speech. Yeah, that's a very interesting one. Um, That's been, uh, I think Carlin, we heard, went over the different objections. And uh, one by one, those kind of disappeared. And uh, it focused on this free speech argument. What's really interesting about our legislature is we have uh, 400 members uh, and they're from all walks of life. And it just so happens that one of our former chief justices of our Supreme Court, our state Supreme Court, uh, is now a, a freshman representative. Well, wow. is this uh, Robert Lynn? That's right. Robert, okay. Robert Lynn. And so he, he weighed in on his opinion on the free speech issue and decisively with, uh, you know, citing cases and citing different references. And the gist of his, uh, his, ar- his argument against that it violates free speech is that, you know, the free speech uh, right is an individual right. It doesn't apply to government. Government doesn't have uh, a free speech right. <laughs> People that work for the government, when they're, when they're operating under the authority of the government, uh, don't have that right in the course of their employment. Uh, but as individuals, we all have that right. So I thought that was a very interesting uh, take on you know, whether it violates free speech. All right. So if the individual and we we see this, you know, practice, in fact, that's what they're hunting in the Pentagon now is anybody who was online saying anything that they shouldn't have said. And if you're a military member, you're not supposed to be involved in, in any kind of discussion on on uh, policies, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so we've seen that before. And the left seems to ex- accept that. Uh, they won't accept it when it comes to, you know, school teachers and university professors and, and everything else. But would it protect them if they were uh, saying if the curriculum was not there, but they were teaching it anyway? Or is it tied to their job? Yeah, so it's, it's tied to your job. Like if, if uh, the bill really addresses anything taxpayer funded. So if taxpayer money is funding some kind of training that deals with diversity it doesn't ban diversity training what it does is it puts guidelines on what types of trainings are acceptable and obviously ones that uh violate that list that you read you know wouldn't be acceptable if this bill is passed um the interesting thing about the the genesis of, of this bill is it came from a university professor in one of our state institutions uh and that person wanted to remain not anonymous but they're seeing it in uh, their place of employment, you know, creeping in, and it's very difficult to push back against it. So that so, is one uh, of that. That's one of the things that um, I noticed in reading about the bill is that there are a lot of people that are asking to be kept out of this, but they are standing up at least quietly. But they're all terrified right. of the blowback. 
that should right. not happen in America. It should not. It should not. And so, you know, if anyone's listening in other states, contact your state legislators because that's where this battle needs to go next is to our state houses. Uh, but you have um, you have a Republican uh, in Chris Sununu. I mean, it's the Sununu family. So I use Republican in, you know, the lightest of terms. Um, what is how, how is he rejecting this? Is he going to sign it or will he reject it? So thou shalt not violate the, the 11th commandment. Um, you know, we're, we're both Republicans. We're in different branches of the government and it's okay to have policy differences and discuss those. Right. So that's what I'll, I'll, I'll do here. Um, I think what happened was he got blindsided in a, uh, in, in a, a press conference about COVID. I think it was, you know, they asked him a question about this bill and it may have been at that time that he had only heard of it on NHPR when they were, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of slamming it mm-hmm. about the free speech issue. Right. Um, and so that kind of locked in his position. So I, I think we'll be able to work, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat <laughs> and, uh, I'll, I'll put that teaser out there, but I think we'll be able to get something accomplished this term uh, regarding that language in 544. Well, I wish you luck, and I hope that others do take um, this um, this bill. It's, again, HB 544 from the state of New Hampshire. Look it up. Read it yourself. I mean, I kind of, uh, in some ways, I think of the old days when they would take these uh, bills and make them into broadsides and and uh, nail them to trees and people would gather around and read them it, trying to get people to read this has got to be almost impossible but you need to read it because you can ask your friends what part of this do you disagree with and bring it to your state bring it to your state representative or your state senator and say we need this in in our state because this is a poison that is being spread. Uh, it's called critical race theory, and it is everywhere, everywhere. Thank you so much, uh, Keith. Appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go over what Cigna is. Um, this is the nation's largest health insurance provider. They're having a critical race uh, theory training, and uh, some employees took some pictures of uh, some of the training. <laughs> They'll say, like, don't text things. You don't want to become public. Yeah. These these companies are going to start learning this eventually, but they'll still get filmed doing it. It's, it's really. But what people have to understand is the companies are not doing this because they actually believe in it. This is all part of the Great Reset. They're doing it because they're going to start getting um, uh ESG ratings. And if you invest it all in the stock market, your 401k or anything, especially Charles Schwab, I think Bank of America has just started this as well. All the banks have it and all the investment firms have it. But what it is, is to help you invest because we know you want to be socially minded. And so they're getting an ESG score environment social justice and governance score so do they work with their government do they work with their local government can they justify their business license really how are they doing on the environment what are they doing and are they teaching critical race theory 
when that score goes down, Merrill Lynch and, and other groups then tell their investors, uh, you might not want to get in with this group because they have a very low ESG score. This is why this is happening. They have to do it if they want to play ball. They think, but they're wrong, dead wrong. I'm going to tell you about the societal norms checklist and the things that that can really hurt people because words matter. This is according to Cigna, the nation's largest health insurance provider. We'll have that next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about LifeLock. Cyber criminals have been uh, taking advantage of the COVID pandemic basically since it started. One of the things they were doing is uh, attempting to exploit people's hardship due to the loss of a job or reduced hours at their work. The best way to do this is with phishing emails and fake websites, which falsely inform recipients that they're entitled to financial support while actually stealing their information in the process. It's the Nigerian print scam, except much more sophisticated. No one can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can keep what's yours, yours, with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Join now, save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com, promo code BECK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK for 25% off. It's LifeLock.com. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn, the promo code Glenn, 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV now. So Cigna, which is a Fortune 500 uh, company, has 73,000 employees, the 13th largest in the country as a corporation as measured by revenue. Uh, has started the uh, critical race uh, lessons. So uh, it's really good. It's really good. Now, it's great. Some of these uh, some of these things are, you know, kind of being protested quietly, of course, by probably white men. Uh, chat logs between an employee and a hiring manager viewed by the Washington Examiner detail an incident where a minority candidate with strong credentials performed exceptionally well in an interview. When that employee suggested to the hiring manager that the company waive the candidate through to the next step in the process, the hiring manager dismissed the candidate because they said he was white. That's when the uh, other manager that did the interview said, no, I interviewed him. He's black. Oh, then tell him we're excited to hire him. (laughs) And they didn't need any more information. Given the hiring practices they have in place where white male candidates are blocked regardless of qualifications, I have to say, yes, there's obvious discrimination at this company. One employee uh, spoke to the um, Washington Examiner. So they're having their they're having their critical race uh, theory lessons. And, of course, we got screenshots uh, of uh, some of the things they're teaching. Mm. And, uh, Stu, I want you to stop. Think. Because your words matter. Okay. I'm going to stop and think. 
Okay, so uh, when something is, uh, you know, uh, a law that has been, we don't do it really anymore. We can't make new exceptions, but it's kind of covered because it's been there for a long period of time. It's a law that is, you're protected really because it's a grandfather. Grandfather. Right. Oh my gosh. Why would you say that? Oh, no, I didn't stop and think. You didn't stop and think. This is. That's a continuation of a legacy that you can say that, but don't say the G word. Okay, so grandfathered is bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry for saying it again. All right, when you uh, when you are going to bring uh, lunch, sure, and it's in a uh, sack, uh, and it's uh, something that you would carry. Bagged and, lunch. Uh, yeah, the color of the, uh, the brown bag. A brown bag in it. Stop and think. Oh, I'm Your sorry. words matter. You can't say in Cigna, you can't say brown bag lunch anymore. You because can say it's grab and go. You can say lunch and learn, which lunch and learn. I say lunch I and say learn all the time. All That's the a big time. one I say. I'm like, you know what? I'm lunching and learning today. <laughs> lunch and learn. I've never noticed. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Wait, so the you can't describe the bag color? Uh, no, it doesn't give a reason. It just oh, okay. says that those are terms and phrases that matter. Got it. Okay. That you shouldn't I'm use sorry. anymore. Okay. I, by the way, I apologize. I apologize to every family that I've hurt okay. by saying brown bag. When I say, uh, hey, friends. Mm-hmm. Hey, y'all. Hey, all people. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on another thing that you could say? Hey, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Stop. <laughs> Think <laughs> words matter. <laughs> You wouldn't say that because it has a G word in it. They may not all be G's, which is different than the other G word you're also not supposed to say. Okay. Okay. No, I think that one you can say now. You can say gay. That's okay to say gay now. You just can't say guys. Can't say guys. Hey, guys. No. Okay. Got it. Okay. Right. I would say that you're so articulate here, but that's another thing I can't say. You can't say I'm. You can't say you're articulate. I can say good job. I can say that. Good job. Good job. Who's a good Who's job? A good job. Who did a good, good job. job. But you, you can't did. say articulate. No, you're you're now, so articulate. We should alert our president yes. of this because he famously called Barack Obama a clean articulate African American, which yes. was like a storybook. Imagine yes. imagine the fantastical sta- uh, tale that mm-hmm. would need to be woven. Mm-hmm. Uh, to have a black person be articulate and clean. That was yeah. what our president said. Yeah, well, and now he's in the Oval Office. Yeah, and we don't talk about that. Oh, I'm sorry. That's another thing you don't you don't talk about. Got it. Uh, now, if we're having a party and uh, you say, who can come? You'll say, can I bring my significant other? Good for you. You stopped and you thought. I thought. Okay, mm-hmm. good. You can say spouse, partner, but you wouldn't say and I'm only doing this for demonstration oh, no, purposes don't. only. Be careful. Wives, husbands, <gasps> boyfriends, or girlfriends. Okay. They mm-hmm. know. No, I don't know who you're talking about, Bill. But even if it is your boyfriend, like, because you know, it's not like you're guessing, hey, are you going to bring your boyfriend? Because you might be guessing at what they may or may not have. Yeah. But if it's you, you do know if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Yeah. And yeah. therefore would be able to say with accuracy. Yeah. This is my girlfriend. Yeah, well, no. No. You can't say no, that because what, the other person other. might be offended you have a girlfriend? And if it's a girlfriend, it doesn't mean that she's significant. 
You know what I mean? Or a boyfriend. <laughs> She's it's not just an escort. She, uh, frankly, yeah, I mean, and it's somebody I'm I'm seeing, you know, right now. But I there's found not, her on Craigslist 20 minutes ago. Right. So I wouldn't so say she's a significant she's not, other. She's another. She's another. She's another. She's, she's another. another. Until okay. the next other next uh, week. When you say you're flying without instruments or you're going into something uh, that you just don't know what you're doing, you're flying. You're flying blind. Oh, right? my I mean, gosh. Don't say that. <laughs> no, stop and think no, your words I matter. I didn't stop or think on that. one. OK, mm-hmm. you don't say that. You say I'm going in unaware. Going in unaware. unaware. And, oh, and I'm not. No, I don't know what to expect. What happened to the, the, liber, the liberal approach of wanting our language to be colorful and descriptive? And we don't want these businesses cracking down and making every speech seem like it's a boardroom. What happened to that? Now it's now they're the ones enforcing this craziness. Oh, is, that is the next word. Oh, no. Yes, it is. Craziness. It is. Yeah. Uh, if you say I had a. Crazy, crazy day, crazy day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. Oh, I had it's a crazy day. Crazy. You can't say that. Uh, Why? You had a busy day. Mm-hmm. You had a stressful day. You had a long day, but you did not have a crazy day. So you can't say so stressful is a, a, a pressure that would come psychological pressure or emotional yeah, but pressure. Crazy is a different thing. Now, I don't know thing. if you work in some sort of a mental institution if you can say i've had a crazy day right, crazy is just eliminated from the language because you can't say it as a descriptive no. term as a person who's nor in normal workplace maybe but pe- you also can't use it as a medical description correct and maybe you could use it if you are the person in the mental institution mm-hmm. but i don't know it might offend others if you're like completely nuts and you're like i is that a crazy day i don't think it's appropriate i just feel like the the, the Patsy Cline song is no longer going to be popular. It's, you no, can't. it's not. <laughs> you can't. I'm for loving you. Okay, uh, here we go. Uh, so it, the, uh, what I like is, you know, grandfathered, it, it, inclusive term or phrase. You change that to a continuation of or legacy. B- brown bag lunch, lunch and go, grab and go, lunch and learn. Uh, hey, guys. Hey, team. Friends. You all. All people. Uh, you're so articulate. Good job. Then we get down to China virus. China virus. Mm. Can't do this. Uh, with two asterisks uh, and capital letters. No alternatives. Discontinue all use. So you can't even you can't even talk about no. the coronavirus COVID-19. No. Right? It's just, you well, just you ha- can say you can't call it a jet virus. Right, but there's no alternative. The alternative to China virus would be COVID nineteen. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that's something maybe I you guess. should discuss. I guess, yeah, yeah, it's COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's one. I think we all will understand why they. Uh, uh, if I said, uh, "Hey, knock it off, you people up in the cheap seats," uh, no, no, no. Uh, you know, uh, the like the two old men and the Muppets. Uh, balcony yeah the bulb of the balcony yeah but it's mm-hmm. you know the peanut gallery oh the peanut gallery you can't you can't use that anymore mm. well i don't know oh people are allergic to peanuts a lot of people oh, are that could be it. it could be that it really, it really could can. be that <laughs> that <laughs> is so funny it's great yeah the mm. the only one that i see here is off the reservation okay i, I mean i can see that one hey 
again, who you? No one uses it for whatever. I mean, what's the history of it? You, you're the, you're the big Native American historian around here. Yeah, going off the reservation right. means you're you're. He's crazy. He's gone off the reservation. You go to the reservation. You stay on the reservation. Right. You're going off the reservation. The, the key word here is not going or off. It's reservation. Right. So you're not allowed to say reservation anymore? Well, you can. What am I getting like, at a restaurant? What, what, is, the, what is the business I, model I, of open table after this I, uh, announcement? I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Well, you're too young to remember, but... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's another thing I can't... You can't say young can't say, or remember. So, or I can't. Remember, yeah. Can't, it, what is weird is you can't say blacklist either. Which I guess works in their, their advantage, seeing that this is what they're doing. Right. Is creating a blacklist. <laughs> All right. May I tell you about my Patriot Supply? I partner with my Patriot Supply because unlike a lot of their competition, they are actually focused on delivering the highest quality food storage. Some companies put out uh, stuff that, you know, the calories in it alone are not going to keep you alive. And they also stink on ice. I like my Patriot Supply because it was started by a guy years ago who actually was a prepper. He still is. And believes in all of this stuff and wanted to make sure that he and his family had enough calories, had enough to eat, and it would actually taste good. I mean, if the whole world is going to hell in a handbasket and you're eating food out of a bag, can you at least make it taste good? I mean, we're on the way to the gulags. Can I just at least have a good last meal? That's what they think. They want to make sure that if you are in the situation where you need uh, food preparation, that they deliver the best quality food. And they do. And this month, for the first time in I don't know how long, you can save $50 off of a four-week supply when you go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. It's a month worth of breakfast, lunch, and dinners, 2,000 calories per day. Plus the peace of mind that comes with my Patriot Supplies name. Order before 3 p.m. and they'll ship it out today discreetly to your front door. So don't wait. Go to preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, you've been following the Christy Gnome story over the weekend? Yeah, a little bit. She's uh, she's got a bill about women's sports, uh, yeah. girls' sports, I guess, mm-hmm. mainly in in South Dakota, and it was a bill that would be would align with conservative values on the bill, technically or generally. I mean, where it was basically we don't want male transgendered students who are you know crossing the lines and then competing against females because it's, right. it's not fair and not right and not why we design women's sports. So now. I'm not sure what her stance is. We asked her to be on the program today. Hopefully, we'll have her on tomorrow. Um, but I'm not sure what her stance is. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt here. But I've heard two things from her. One is that it would just would have opened up all kinds of litigation. And yeah. so, uh, and I have a great story to back that side up. Mm-hmm. The, the other is that, well, then, you know, we're excelling in South Dakota. And none of our athletes would be able to go to uh, play you know, sports with any, 
what is it, NAACP or <laughs> NCAA? Yes. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, the two main things seemingly, and she's going to veto this bill. That's why it's controversial, and conservatives are upset about that. Her her general points are one. Uh, it has something to do with like performance enhancing drugs as well, mm-hmm. which if you were, you know, potentially transitioning, you might use. That was why they were included mm-hmm. in the bill. Her, It says basically you have to get um, a, a piece, you know, document that anybody who plays in women's sports did not take these drugs. And, you know, generally on its face, you'd understand that. Her point is, number one, it creates a massive record keeping um, Mm -hmm. regime for the schools. And number two, it sets it up. So if a kid doesn't make the team and later on, another kid who did make the team has a positive test for, say, steroids or or, or we find out that they took steroids at some point, then that kid who didn't make the team can sue the school district and school the sue the kid um in the kid's family i guess uh, for damages she wants to repair that part of the bill she doesn't like that the other one is basically the ncaa came up with all these crazy rules and if you don't agree with their rules you can't participate in the ncaa and her point is no one basically is going to go to college in south dakota if they're a big time athlete because they're not going to be able to compete against the normal competition in other words they you know, they would lose out on all the big recruits they would go somewhere else those are the two. The yeah, two. Yeah. Well, I don't know people that are beating down the door to go to South Dakota uh, or North Dakota or you no, know. I mean, what well, North Dakota State though has had yeah, yeah, know, major know, major athletes. Lately. Isn't this the place where we draw a line though? I mean, yeah, that's going to happen in a lot of things. If your company says, "I'm not going to do, I'm not doing these things," mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not. You're going to start to have to pay a price. It is coming. So what? the uh the ncaa is more important than your principles no now on the other hand this is why i really want to have her on on the other hand before you judge and say well wait a minute she's she's torpedoing this uh, i want to show you a document this is the real document if you happen to be watching the blaze you'll see it um but i'll explain it to you this is um a letter from or a note from Abraham Lincoln in his own handwriting, and it's to the uh, Senate. And what was happening was the uh, the Senate was passing what's called the Second Confiscation Act, where the North could just take your slaves because you were in rebellion and then free them. And uh, the problem is, is that it caused all kinds of legal problems. So this letter says to the Senate, don't adjourn. I know you're going to adjourn tonight. Don't give me one more day. I have a better idea. And the better idea led to the uh, Emancipation Proclamation. He was concerned about the standing, the legal standing, to make sure that it was done right. Hopefully, that's what Christy Nome is doing here. This is the Glenn Beck Program. If you are entering the real estate uh, market right now, depending on where you live, it could be either really good or really bad. If you're selling your house, let's say here in Texas, where are you going to move? I mean, right now, houses are, I mean, they're selling for obscene amounts of money. Great. You want to talk about a bubble, um, except here in Texas is not a bubble because everybody's moving here from other places. So if you want to sell your house, you got a real estate agent that's going to get the the best deal uh, for you, but then has to find another house for you to live in. 
if you're in a crappy state like uh, Manhattan and New York and you're moving from them, you've got to get a great real estate agent that knows how to offload that thing. <laughs> how do you do it? You need a great real estate agent. We found them. Uh, we interview them. We um, make sure that they are the best in according to our standards as knowing how to get people to look at your home they've got a good advertising campaign they have a good track record with the clients that'd be you uh they're the best in the area at sales you'll find them and it's a free service to you at realestateagentsitrust.com that's realestateagentsitrust.com as though uh, the universities and the students didn't really mean tenure. I mean, okay, tenure, what's it for? Well, it's to protect views that may be controversial. Now, I, for one, I don't like tenure uh, because tenure has been used to filter out opposing views and only have really radical views where's the try to get tenure if you're a conservative or don't believe the same thing as the far left does you're not even getting hired let alone tenure all right but tenure exists so we don't have what happened you know with galileo and the catholic church you know you got to be able to think freely and explore all options that's what a university should be teaching not not what to think but how to think by asking questions and pushing people to their limits of understanding get them to reach out themselves inside of themselves well that's not what's happening at our university in fact u.s campuses an increasingly uncompromising climate is costing professors their job and one professor is not being fired, but now the students are demanding that he resign over his uh, expressing concern over critical race theory and anti-white sentiment on campus. It's an amazing story. He joins us in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. You know, the thing I really hate about cars is... It, um, they don't even care if it's a good time to break down. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not looking at your your bank statements. They don't they don't know. They don't care. And you know the other bad thing about when cars break down is I kind of I just I know this is unreasonable, but I always just feel like I paid for it. It should work and it should continue to work. It should continue to work. You know, if I did something wrong, that's you know me. But you know, two hundred thousand miles, keep driving, keep going. What's well, hard? Because if something breaks down and you're out of warranty, it's going to cost you a lot of money. Have you, by the way, seen what's happening with the chips? 
how hard it is to get chips. A- Apple can't even get uh, chips right now. Hmm. That's a problem. Uh, we're going to do something on that here in the next couple of days. But anyway, a chip could send you back, you know, six grand if you can even get one now. If your car doesn't care about your savings, you uh, you don't want to be on the hook for thousands of dollars. That's why you should go to carshield.com. Carshield.com. It's what I have on my trucks because I want them I want to drive them till the doors fall off. Carshield.com allows me to do that without huge expenses. Save 10% and a deductible may apply, but get the coverage you need. Carshield.com promo code Beck. Aaron Kinswater, he is a counseling professor at the University of Vermont, and the students want him to resign because he had concerns. Uh, his concerns were put together on a video, and he released it. It's really, uh, really well thought out, really articulate, uh, and in my opinion, not controversial. Uh, he's expressing an opinion. If you don't like it, go pound sand, you know, make a video yourself. Uh, but they want to silence him. And we asked him to be on the uh, program. We're thrilled to have him on. Hello, professor. How are you? Hello, Mr. Beck. I'm very well. Thank you. Good. Um, so first of all, what do you teach at the university? Uh, I teach, uh, psychotherapy. So, uh, I help to prepare people who are going to, uh, be helping adults uh, who are in mental distress, and uh, I also help to prepare uh, counselors who are going to be working in the schools, who are going to be um, working with children who are uh, experiencing uh, distress as well. So it's not that I would dismiss, you know, a, a you know professor of mathematics if he had the same view, but this is really in your alley, is it not? It, it, it most certainly is. It most certainly is. And the um, the encroachment of uh, critical race theory into uh, psychotherapy is is truly uh, frightening in its implications for uh, the mental health of both uh, children and adults. Tell me why. Well, um there there are two different reasons uh for uh children children need a particular environment in which to flourish and it's it's an environment where no conditions are placed upon their sense of self-worth now obviously there are uh rules that they need to learn and so forth but you don't you don't um uh, you don't convey to a child that they are uh, uh, good or bad based on what they um, what they do, and this ideology, and in particular, uh, Kendi's version of anti-racism, um, uh, establishes very uh, strict parameters uh, of of uh, viewing oneself and other people as either good or evil. 
but in in Kendi's language, he's using the term racist or anti-racist. But it's it's essentially a good you're either good or evil morality uh, ideology. And it's not and, it, it, there's there's no uh, I mean, it, it, to me, it's teaching our children that you don't have a chance if you're if you're white now, you really don't have a chance because you're part of, you know, team evil. And if yeah. you are if you are a person of color, well, they're teaching you you really don't have a chance unless we all get together and stop these people on team evil. So it, 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 it yeah. it's just crushing the individual, is it not? It it, it most certainly is. It it it, it is saying that uh, in in order to be um, an acceptable person, you must first claim fealty to this ideology. And I would just add to that that um, for 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 children of color and black children, uh, they are not safe from this either. Because if if they don't if they don't uh, toe this line, then they have there are lots of interesting names that are being created within academia. Um, for them, the most uh, the, the one that I've just heard recently that's come out is uh, multiracial whiteness, and it's a way to take a person of color uh, or a black person and say, "Well, you're just white," and uh, which which is meant to be an insult right. uh, from that perspective. So I, I don't I don't even know if this is I. I did, uh, this conversation can get derailed by uh, thinking of this in terms of a white thing or a black thing. What this what this really is is this is a racist thing. It's racism, and and racism is contagious. And it it, it once all it needs is a foothold and an air of legitimacy, and then it will flow out into society and, and be adopted uh, widely to the detriment of every uh, person. And the University of Vermont right now is giving uh, the habits of mind that inform racism. They are, the administration is presenting this as a form of intellectual refinement. And right now uh, it gains legitimacy by saying, well, we're focusing on whiteness, but you know, no, no habit of mind that is so crude and so destructive is going to stay focused on whiteness. This is going to find its way to the doorstep of persons who have the least amount of power in society to defend themselves from it. And give me an example uh, of that. What do you mean by that? Well, that, uh, that, that people who, uh, uh, new Americans, for example, in Burlington, uh, don't speak the language. Uh, they don't, um, uh, they're not familiar with our culture. They're just coming in. They're coming in from war-torn countries. Those people uh, need a liberal society, one in which they are protected uh, from, uh, from uh, you know uh, ridiculous views and categorizations about who they are, and uh, traditional liberalism that looks at people as uh, individuals and that insists that any claims about individuals be subjected to 
skepticism and empiricism Mm -hmm. helps to protect even the least powerful among us. Uh, When we start making unsubstantiated claims about a link between a particular race and, uh, you know, vaguely defined social ills, it tends to find its way uh, down to the people who are not in a position to protect themselves. Uh, I hate to bring it here, but I'm uh, I unfortunately am going to the um, I, I I'm a, you know, historian wannabe and I collect a lot of uh, a lot of documents uh, and I collect a lot of the dark side stuff about America and yeah. the world. And um, I have the teachers manuals from Germany that teach how the jews are subhuman and 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 how the children are to treat those jews uh and i see a lot of similarities here uh you know we had that study what was in the 1960s maybe 1960 where the uh, classroom was told we're gonna do blue eyes and brown eyes and by Mm -hmm. the time they went out for Mm -hmm. recess they were they were already in separate groups I mean, this is what we're doing, isn't it? It it is. And the thing is, Glenn, like, even even two years ago, I would have said, oh, no, you know, we're not to that point yet. I think we are dangerously, dangerously close to coming uh, uh, to a point uh, that you're talking about with these teaching manuals. I haven't had, I have been wanting to go back and look at what this looked like when it happened in Germany, because I, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced that the thought processes, the uh, the habits of mind and yeah. And the dehumanization are the same. Mm -hmm. I think where people keep getting derailed, um, in, in recognizing this as, uh, as much of a problem as it is, is that they, they think of this in terms of, um, well, this is just, you know, this is just society talking back to the powerful, but they, they have to realize, and what they mean by that is, you know, that, that, that white people are, are considered to exist higher on, right. uh, on this intersectional ladder. But this, this way, this way of thinking is so contagious and it's, you know, I'm sure that there are good intentions behind, uh, you know, turning towards whiteness, but it it, it it would take virtually no time at all for the conversation. And I'm even hearing whispers about this now to where now Asian people are part of the problem because look, they're even more successful uh, than white people (laughs) are. And yet you're beginning to, hear whispers of that and no, there's not whispers. Uh, I'll, I'll hang on just a sec give me a minute i gotta do a commercial we come back they're not whispers they're screaming it from the top of their lungs the uh, vice president of the school board of san francisco is saying that very thing right now we'll, uh, we'll continue our conversation with professor aaron kinsvater in uh, just a second so the job market's starting to pick back up, and that with increased COVID vaccine distribution, it's allowing the economy to grow a little faster, which in turn is starting to push those low mortgage rates back up just a little, little by little. Now, the Fed is saying something incredibly ridiculous that they don't care about inflation since when. If there's inflation, they're still not going to raise the rates. I, I, 
<laughs> trying to make sense of the world, it's a whole new world right now. And this one doesn't make any sense. It's the gods of the copybook headings. Read that if you haven't by Rudyard Kipling. Uh, American financing is there to help you get your finances in order. If you're paying too much for your credit cards or you're paying three or four percent on your mortgage, please call American financing right now and see how much money they can save you. 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440 or AmericanFinancing.net. Ten second station ID. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Now 10 second station ID. We're with uh, Aaron Kinsvater, uh, a professor who is in trouble at his university. How much trouble, first of all, are you in? Uh, I don't know. Um, it's um, it, it, it's hard to say how or if uh, this situation will escalate. Um, what I can say now... Being on the Glenn Beck program is not going to help you. <laughs> well, I, I, what, one of the things that I appreciate about you, Mr. Beck, is that, that I do think that you are someone who uh, has spoken uh, to both sides of the political aisle. And it doesn't mean that you have to think about, uh, you don't have to believe what people on the other side of the aisle believe, but you you do send out uh, a message of unity. And I, um, it, uh, people are talking about our, our great uh, polarization in this country right now. I'm, I'm starting to think that it's going to be like uh, people like you and I who are uh, talking to our, our neighbors and our friends and sitting down and saying, let's, let's oh, have a is. conversation about our differences that is going to lead us forward rather than the... Um, you know, rather than institutions oh, that are putting on programs like turning towards whiteness. Oh yeah, the, but, the, I will tell you that it's going to take the lo- it's going to take local effort, and it's going to take person yeah. to person just reaching out and going, "Come on!" I mean, because you said in your speech, uh, let me see if I can find it here real quick. You said um, about unity that that we have a lot in uh, common. You said we sh- we yeah. all share the same values. We all want the same right. thing for our university and our society. Uh, Is that true? Well, not at the University of Vermont. Uh, But I I do think that that I am absolutely convinced that this is true among most people. But at the University of Vermont, their response uh, uh, to me, the provost's response, was to say, uh, my values uh, do not represent the values of the university. And... um, uh, and then encouraged uh, to some degree uh, members of the university, and including colleagues in my department, in their um, in in the steps that they were taking to uh, ostracize me. So that that was a pretty shocking response from the uh, provost of the university. Um, let me give you this. This is from the the vice president of the school board in San Francisco. Uh, I can't remember her name. Her last name is Collins. Uh, she just spoke about Asians, uh, Asian Americans. 
She said, uh, many Asian Americans believe they benefit from the model minority BS. In fact, many Asian American teachers, students, and parents actively promote these myths. They use white supremacist thinking to assimilate and get ahead. Oh, boy. That, that, that has just got to stop. Uh, the, the use of... I mean, we can talk about why this is so effective, but I, I, I think that one thing that the average... Yeah, I, I realize that not everyone has time to sit down and and study these matters, but people have must must absolutely understand that the people who are saying things like that tend to be master manipulators, and so when they are uh, deciding what to name things, um, they uh, they they name them in such a way that uh, it, it pushes uh, the part of our psychology that responds to guilty feelings, uh, which is a very, very effective manipulation technique. And, and when pernicious. Says, so, <laughs> really? Pernicious. I yeah. cannot believe it, the, the, how ubiquitous this is. And, um, and white supremacy is a good example of that. Now, no reasonable person uh, would would um, uh, not say that white supremacy, as it was at a time yes. where yes. Uh, one particular race mm-hmm. was holding itself above another, was not a bad thing. And so what what people who are using terms like this have done is to say, we understand now that the very worst thing that you can call someone is a racist or a white supremacist. So we're going to change what that means in order to guilt people into putting into not putting up too much of a fight okay. uh, when we ask that they adopt these other ideologies. A professor from the University of Vermont, his name is Aaron Kinsvater. I'm going to uh, tweet out his uh, his his video that he made that he's in so much trouble for. I want you to watch it and see where the problem is. Uh, And I'd like to ask him one more question. If he has time, one more question when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right. Spring is in the air. And if you're anywhere near an authoritarian kind of rule, uh, it doesn't matter. Spring is here. You're still in the gulag. Uh, But, Hey, if you have a great grill, if you have a rec tech at your house, ah, it's going to ease the pain, uh, you know, a, a little bit. Let me let me tell you about rec tech. If you're thinking about a new grill, uh, there is nothing better. Smoke, grill, bake, everything. And it has smart technology in it. So the smart grill technology, you can monitor what's happening with the grill and the temperature from an app on your phone you can be anywhere you can be you know you don't even have to be home and you could start this thing it is really really fantastic and uh makes a great meal i burn everything on a grill i have i haven't had a bad meal on the Rectech because it just comes out perfectly because it adjusts everything for me it's smarter than I am. Let's just say that. Rectech with a Q. R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. Rectech.com. Big week coming up this week on Blaze TV. Make sure to get your subscription now. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn, and you'll save 10 bucks.
We are uh, with Professor Aaron Kinsvater. Uh, he is um, a professor at the University of Vermont. He did a just a really great, calm, collected uh, video on why critical race theory is poison to society. Um, and he has received incredible blowback. Um, I want to. I wanted to ask you two things. Since what yes. you specialize in is the mind and um, and counseling, counsel here for a couple of uh, a couple of things. First, counsel me as a dad if my child would come to me and say, "Dad, I know you're not racist, but it's not enough to not be racist. You need to be anti-racist." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. would follow that with. Well, what does that mean? Uh, because I right. am against racism. Uh, but if mm-hmm. they're using it as part of this terminology, how do you how do you explain to your kid when they say that to you? You, uh, you would have to provide them with additional reading materials. Remember that what what the child in this case is being taught is essentially a, a, a very effective rhetorical strategy but the moment you start to to complicate the assertion that the child is making in this case uh they begin to have to uh wrestle with the idea of what exactly is meant by anti-racist and who gets to make um those decisions and so um so at, you know oftentimes asking from from a good faith uh curious Mm-hmm. Uh, position to say, um, well, you know, w- what um, uh, what about what about kids? You know, would you really want to uh, would you really want to tell a younger uh, a kid who was younger than you that it, it, it's not enough? And uh, if if they're not if they don't adopt more of what you think that they uh, should be that that they're racist. Would you really want to tell that to a child? Because the person who is, uh, the person who you're, you're talking about daughter wrote a book saying that that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be telling pre-verbal infants that there's, you're either racist or you're anti-racist. Do you think that's a good idea? But are are you saying I'm playing devil's advocate, but are you saying that you don't benefit from white privilege? Well, you, uh, this is again. This is a very, very complicated discussion because uh, uh, you, any time that an assertion is made like that, you need to think about it in terms of the grounds that support it, and to the consequences to which it may lead. And so, you know, you, you could make an argument that I benefit from white privilege, but the consequences to which that is going to lead is. Now we're going to be talking about Asian privilege. And then uh, just just to really make a mess of society, we're going to start talking about the, you know, the differences between brown privilege and, uh, you know, and, and, and black privilege. It is an incredibly divisive way of thinking, especially when there are so many uh, perfectly acceptable alternatives. Uh, what, what we could do instead of talking about white privilege is we could begin using what's called evidence-based advocacy, where we take a very specifically defined problem 
we measure its impacts. We take a very carefully um, uh, put together solution, apply it to the problem and see what happens. That's such a more effective way of helping uh, with societal problems than, uh, than, than statements that encourage people to begin uh, to uh, uh, view each other in terms of race and in terms of how much power or privilege they have based on that race. So you could make the argument that I've benefited from uh, white privilege, but then I, I think if you're going to make that argument, you also have to be ready to talk about uh, the, what the implications of the conversation that you're starting are likely to have on society, and they are not good. We could take your materials, Mr. Beck, uh, from Germany, look at them and say, this is where that goes. This right. is how that goes. It's the same thinking. Well, you could also take their own materials and show that, sure. um, you know, we're talking about a meritocracy, they're saying that merit-based judgment is bad. Uh, yeah. That that doesn't lead any place good. Um, no. you, you have to have certain standards. And this, the, when they say whiteness, they mean all Western society, all of the cultural norms. Well, there might be some bad ones, but there's some also really good ones in there as well. Um, Absolutely. One, one last question. Um, this audience is filled with people that want to do something. Yeah. They don't know exactly what they feel very alone. Uh, yeah. And many of them probably are starting to see this now in their own business, but yeah. they've got a family to feed. Uh, how do you, what do you say to them uh, about standing up? There, well, okay. There are two things that you can do that'll really help. One, um, reach out to your neighbor who might, if your audience is mostly conservative, then maybe reach out. And I know this is a hard thing for conservatives to do. It's a, it really is a hard time to be conservative, but you know, maybe reach out to someone who's a little bit less conservative or more on the left, but is a reasonable person and, you know, start a conversation. There, there are organizations like Braver Angels. I'm not speaking for them, but I'm a big fan that try to bring people on the right and the left together. And I think what happens is that we will all see that we are not nearly as alone as, alone as we think we are. Mm -hmm. um, we share much, much more in common as Americans than, than we have that divides us. The other thing that you can do if, if you want to do something to, to take action is what I did with my alma mater, Kent State University, is when they called me for money, I said, do you have a diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, uh, initiative? And they said, yes. And I said, does diversity include, it, uh, is diversity, equity, and inclusion specifically defined? And specifically, is diversity of thought considered to be a kind of diversity? And is inclusion of different perspectives uh, to be considered, uh, 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 you know, a kind of inclusion? And uh, they would not respond uh, to my uh, questions. And so I said, well, until you do uh, respond to these questions, you will not receive one more dime from me as an alumni. And so, uh, so do not support universities that are not willing to provide uh, definitions 
when they say anti-racism or they say equity or they say diversity and inclusion, do not support them unless they are willing to provide uh, definitions and unless they are willing to do what they're supposed to be doing anyway, which is to say we are trying to facilitate diversity of thought. We are trying to bring together people uh, and include different perspectives to bring them to bear on the intractable, intractable problems that our country faces. If everybody only does that, you will quickly uh, see things change. The way to a university president's spine is through their pocketbook. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Professor Aaron Kinsvater, University of Vermont. Uh, do the people um, that you, in your profession, yeah. do they get it and are just silent or are they for this? I think the vast majority are, they get it and they are not for this, but they, uh, as, as a profession, Counseling and psychology and social work are very, very woke. And so anyone who speaks out publicly about that, about this, uh, really receives quite a lot of backlash. But your average uh, psychotherapist is, uh, and I know this because of my work with some of the organizations that are, uh, you know, working to counter this trend, people are increasingly seeking uh, psychotherapy because they are just being devastated by these, uh, you know, trainings uh, where they're being singled out as racist because they said that doesn't sound quite right to me. Or, you know, they're, they're, they're you know, young men who are coming in and who've been told that, um, you know, they're, they're to- toxic because of their masculinity and they need to work on that. And these, these people just come in uh uh, who who have begun to buy into this and they uh, feel terrible about themselves and they're they're increasingly coming uh, to therapists for help. One of the things that is being worked on right now is a um, is a resource, uh, an international resource uh, of non woke uh, psychotherapists, so that people know that they can go to these psychotherapists and they you know the people are welcome to talk about wow. uh, anti-racism and so forth in, in these uh, settings uh, uh, to support it. But they, they know that the therapist is not going to use the therapeutic uh, alliance as a venue in which the therapist can push their ideology is, onto the client. Is this an online thing that people can find? Uh, critical therapy antidote is uh, what people should look up. And uh, it, it, we're, we're just getting going, uh, but we're, we're beginning to uh, try oh. to put these resources out there. This has Boy. just happened within the last year. You, you, so you, we, all, we know there's a problem, and we're, we're trying to begin to address it. It's just going to take a little while. I will tell you, uh, you're braver than I even thought you were. Um, that is fantastic. Uh, please stay in touch with me. Anything we can do to help you, uh, you please let me know. Thank you. Uh, just keep reaching across the aisle, Glenn. You got it. That's uh, Professor Aaron Kinsvater. <sighs> With a name like Kinsvater. I mean, you know what I'm saying. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, Glenn, I don't, I don't know, know what, what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that old commercial? Yeah, they used to run them constantly. Yeah. 
Yeah. That was, gosh, those would probably be racist today. Yeah, they were anti-racist commercials. Back then, but they were yeah. probably advocating equal treatment. So yeah. they're way out of step with reality now. So everything's bigger in Texas, and that includes our giant gold ingots. We have a gold ingot, but my guy, my guy is not here today um, to get because it's your ingot guy. You got an ingot my, guy. I, have an, I got a guy. I, I got, got a guy. I got an ingot guy. It's security that has the ingot. It's a, mm. uh, it's a three, uh, uh, a, um, oh, I can't remember how many ounces now, it, but it's it's stamped on. It's like twenty six hundred dollars, and I think it's how many pounds? Twenty pounds. It's like yeah. this gold bar that. You lift up and it's small, and you lift it up. You're like, oh my yeah, gosh, this very is heavy. dense and heavy. Yeah, worth three hundred thousand dollars. Three hundred thousand dollars. It is when it was mined and put together as a gold bar. The value of it was two thousand six hundred and forty-one dollars and ninety-six cents, and it's stamped on there. Now it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Gold doesn't hold its value, really. Of course it does. Uh, the the um, the price of gold is directly related to the the value of our dollar now, and that's why. I mean, if we were on the gold standard, that bar would still be worth two thousand six hundred forty one dollars or thereabouts. But we're not on the gold standard anymore. So now your dollar is worth less and less. So you can buy it takes 300,000 of those to buy that gold bar. Be bold. Make a bold move today to protect the future of your family. They now have uh, these gold bars uh, that sat on the bottom of the ocean after the wreck of the SS Central America for over a century. 72 feet, 7,200 feet below the surface, Goldline has acquired the rights to sell them directly to their best clients. Uh, if you're looking to invest in something, this is a great investment. Uh, it's this actual 1857 gold bar. It's incredible, an incredible piece of history. Call Goldline at 866-GOLDLINE, 866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. You know, one thing we didn't talk about, one thing we didn't talk about was it last week or the week before I, uh, I still have this sitting on my desk and I just, I, I, it's, it is crazy. The Nevada Democratic Party has now broken up. Um, have you seen this? No, the, the, terrible news though. I, well, wow, very. well, listen. Uh, the Democratic Socialist of America took over the leadership of the Nevada Democratic right. Party. Mm -hmm. uh, sweeping all five party leadership positions and contested election. Um, and so now it's just, I mean, they it's all socialists. So the Democrats are, are leaving and uh, like, yeah, uh, it's now the Democratic Socialists of America. And I think that's happened lots of places. You just don't really notice it. Um, but uh, that's a little disturbing. It's a little disturbing, especially out West. I just don't understand people who are from the West. You know, I'm from Seattle and boy, I don't understand those people. What happened to you? Oh, my, my grandfather was right. My grandfather said, you know what? All these people that are just too weird for California are going to move up here and they're going to wreck this place too. <laughs> like, 
come on, Grandpa, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. I think California, I think these are Californian rejects in Seattle. They're the people who are like, California is like, no, come on, come on. Even that is too crazy for us. And they're all in Seattle. Amazing. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's it's just incredible the- how, how much things have changed so quickly, even since January. Mm. All right. We'll see you tomorrow on the radio. Uh, we've got uh, we've got a lot to report tomorrow. We've got a big week this week that you don't want to miss a single episode. We're going to teach you tomorrow and the next day a little bit about what's happening in the financial sector that will affect your life. That's on tomorrow's radio. This is the Glenn Beck Program.